In the rapidly changing world, healthcare needs are constantly evolving and clinicians need to find new ways to deliver care. And often the best way to do that is by looking back. Without Marie Curie, there would be no pioneering improvements to medical imaging today. If Edward Jenner didn't inoculate a 13-year-old with cowpox, there wouldn't even be a space for Professor Ian Fraser's cervical cancer vaccine. Our clinicians are standing on the shoulders of those who came before them, learning, growing and advancing. Hindsight isn't 2020. It's our future. Queensland, and Australia more broadly, relies heavily on the hard-working people living in rural and remote areas. While there is a large population in these areas, the challenge remains to provide equitable access and care to those living in small towns. We invited four projects from rural and remote areas to share how they are meeting the specific needs of their community and helping to overcome the tyranny of distance. Care integration is critical to improving health outcomes. And in rural and remote Queensland, that integration is even more important to ensure equitable access and improve outcomes. Margaret Woodhouse from Northwest Hospital and Health Service joined us to talk about the development of their multi-purpose health centre and how it's benefiting their community. project is all about how a small remote town, its health services and its community can work together to improve a community's health. Who and where is Julia Creek? Julia Creek MPHS is a facility of the North West HHS and it's seven hours from Townsville and three hours from Mount Isa. The town's population is 550 and the whole shire is only 1,100, so it's quite small but large in area. The majority of people are young families. With that small population, we have 106 children under the age of six. It's very good breeding country. <laughs> Other population are families with children away at boarding school and mainly people approaching retirement or over the age of 65. We only have a very small Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander population. Over the last few years, I've put the photos up, we've had the effects of drought, major flood and recovery, and these have dominated the issues of our community, and at the moment it's green and not flooded. <laughs> the Dooley Creek Hospital became an MPHS in 2011, delivering healthcare from emergency right through to community and um, residential aged care and some visiting services. During this time, the HHS partnered with the Shire Council to employ a community nurse, and the council built a community centre adjoining independent living units for the age across the road from the hospital in the new QAS building and a number of resources. We have a 24-hour gym, which is amazing. These were great achievements, but why wasn't the health of the community improving? There are a number of challenges. There's no permanent director of nursing or doctor and the HHS medical locums cover both the MPHS and the GP clinic. We had multiple visiting services, but they weren't coordinated and they weren't based on the community's need. The health service was based on the acute model, not the preventative model. 
There was minimal tracking of patients. We were losing them on return. They got off the plane and disappear. We wouldn't know where they were. And our own people would disappear out onto properties. There were no GP care plans and case management. The old hospital building wasn't fit for purpose. Health promotion was ad hoc and linked more to national awareness days rather than community need. And the community health issues based on limited data were mainly related to lifestyle challenges of living in an outback environment, injury, alcohol, smoking, cardiac, the same stories. It sounds like a lot of challenges when we listed them. The local community advisory network's main concerns were with lack of child health services, dental, lack of permanent staff and response times for emergency services was a huge one for them. In 2017-18, a number of things fell into place. The HHS received funding from the Department of State Development and Queensland Health for a new purpose-built hospital. At the same time, the HHS contracted rural health management to operate the Julia Creek Medical Centre to provide a primary health service. And a pharmacy opened in the main street for the first time in 40 years. In conjunction with the new build, the health service initiated this project to design an integrated model of care for the delivery of health services in the Shire. The project commenced in October 2018 and we finished in October 2019. All services and the community were consulted and involved in the design and planning of the new hospital and the model of care. With every step, community involvement and ownership were essential. For the project, we set up a local management team consisting of MPHS staff, Julia Creek Medical Centre staff, council representative, HHS support, PHN support and the community. We met fortnightly and the draft plan was presented in April 2019. This is basically our model. We did a nice poster, but we modelled around the five principles of person-centred care. We didn't want to do patient-centred care. We wanted the whole community, not just the unwell ones. We were one integrated team. Everybody has to work together. We need to achieve better outcomes for our community and we needed to empower our community to take responsibility of their own health, both in health education, literacy and inclusion in the model of care. Very important and shared records and integrated technology. As you can imagine, we're very remote. We're classified as very remote, so technology is very important. This was all good, but how do we implement it? First of all, communication. We have weekly clinical case conferencing with the medical clinic and the MPHS staff. We discuss what has happened over the last week, who flew in, who flew out, admissions, discharges, navigating those patients who need managed care, following up on previous patients. The notes from the meeting go straight into the patient's charts or digital record so that we can all access them. We have quarterly local service provider meetings, which is the same people, plus we have the Shire Council represented, the QAS, the QPS, the police, the pharmacy, and visiting allied health services and any other services can teleconference or video conference in for that meeting and of course our community representatives. And we have our CAN, our community advisory network, and all representatives of those services come to our CAN meetings, including executive from our HHS, and I'm really happy about that so that our HHS understands what we're doing and assists us, okay? And the MPHS has very strong links to the auxiliary. 
Visiting services, we upgraded our mapping. It's all now online, so all services can access contact details, referral forms, calendars. This is a live document so that we can change it and upgrade it. Our visiting services calendars are available online to the community and published in the monthly newsletter, which goes out to email to everybody in the whole Shire. And each service is asked to present to the multi-purpose when arriving in town and when leaving to discuss any relevant information. We, we just wanted to avoid the blow in and out services. IT and smart records. As you've probably been thinking, consent, consent, consent. It's a big one. This is essential to have to enable team discussion of patients. Consent forms have been developed when necessary and patients are consulted with each change. Telehealth is booming. We love telehealth. We're using all available technology and keeping up with advances, especially for people out of town. With consent, we always have a staff member present and notes are entered straight away into their digital record. We're utilising all the available digital systems. We may not have exactly what you have in the southeast corner, but we make sure that we use everything possible. And on presentation to emergency at the hospital, pop-up may appear so the appropriate services can be identified that their client has presented, so that we know when they come to emergency that everybody involved in that person's care is made aware of that so that we give the right amount of care in the right place. Health education and promotion. We choose one annual message that is relevant to the community. This year's is pick your date. So every year you pick a date that you go to the see the doctor. We want people coming regularly. And we have a calendar of two monthly messages related to community health issues. All services are asked to follow the calendar so that a single message is presented to the community so that we put up displays in the hospital and also at the medical centre. Community and patient engagement. So we're all members of communities and we all know how important it is to be heard. Remember, that's PNC, it's your sports club. If you've got a, something you want to say, you want to be heard. So this is so important. For our community survey, we walked the town. It was pretty easy. We only got one main street. It helps that and one school, one kindergarten. But we also used emails, SurveyMonkey and social media and we got an 85% return on our survey. So that was great especially when you stand there and say, come on, answer what you want. <laughs> People don't only want to know what is available, they want to know what do they need, what each service offers, how do they access it, is it linked? They want to know the answers to the questions. They want to be involved. The importance of ongoing community education. Change can be difficult for many, particularly the elderly. One size does not fit all. There must be flexibility in all messages, must be tailored to your audience. And we must be very, very careful not to use too much medical jargon. Aileen was great at that at CAN meetings because she'd constantly say, I don't understand, I don't understand, and you don't realise how you talk in medical jargon and the community doesn't understand you. We develop guidelines and pathways. We have a large number of agency staff, so our models and pathways need to be easy to follow. That's just an example of our step down from larger facilities, which is a big one that we need to make sure so we don't lose our patients. And these are kept so that each new staff member is made very aware of them. We have them for child health, mental health, wound care and emergency and retrieval. So how are we going so far? It's only been five months. Throughout the project, we have wonderful support from the HHS and PHM with data, but what's the use of data if it doesn't relate to your community? What about the people that go away for treatment and are seen privately? 
They're still our community. We need to capture this. A lot of data doesn't give you the answers to the questions that are raised by the community. A lot of it is based on funding. And if the community and the staff don't understand it, it can't be used effectively. In the very short term, we have achieved. Every child starting school this year had a full health check with a number of referrals to other services. All chronic disease patients now have a GP healthcare plan. Communication with visiting services and telehealth is improving. The QPS police have developed an app to improve community addressing and locations, all locations in the shires, houses, cattle yards, for emergency call-outs. We have improved our patient navigation, team approach and callback service and are working on discharge planning from larger centres. We've commenced our health promotion calendar and we have community members on interview panels for staff recruitment. We still have a long way to go. We've got a lot of issues and challenges still with us, but we're really encouraged by the progress so far. We must continue to review this model by continuing our annual survey of community and staff, improving our data collection so that it's relevant, and annual review of our model of care. Thank you all, and I hope this presentation gave many of you an insight of working together. As always, thank you for listening to our podcast and taking the time to learn about the wonderful work of Queensland's frontline clinicians. To continue the conversation, head on over to Facebook and let us know of any pockets of excellence you think deserve to be showcased. This podcast is proudly brought to you by Clinical Excellence Queensland.